In today's show, we're looking at the NBA from Monday. There were nine games, some pretty big performances, some pretty interesting ones, some confusing ones, some disappointing ones. We're going to talk about it all in today's show. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got nine games to talk about and a lot of interesting things happening. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into those games right now. The first one of those was the Charlotte Hornets. They go down to the Philadelphia 76ers, but LaMelo Ball was pretty good again. 30 minutes, 12 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, 31% shooting on 27 usage is rough. 2 of 3 from the line isn't good, but he looks solid. And James Brago keeps talking about, yeah, maybe we're going to change the lineup. It's going to happen. Ball is going to start. I think it's going to happen this week, and I think he's going to start playing 32, 33 minutes a night. He's a must-roster player across all leagues. Even in 24 minutes a night, Ball is the 82nd-ranked player this year. He's going to put up some big numbers. Devontae Graham, I think we'll look for you know, silver linings here. He shot better than he has been, and it was still just 39%. But he had 15 points with five threes. Unfortunately, he only had one assist. He is trending very, very quickly, if not already there, to being a droppable player. Rogier had 12 and two threes, while Gordon Haywood had 18 and eight with two threes and a steal and a block. Good, good numbers there. While it was also a nice bounce back from Paul Washington Jr., 12 and eight in 27 minutes, but still only 27 minutes. Biombo played only the 23. It wasn't a great matchup for him going up against Joel Embiid. Um, so we're a little bit worried about that one uh, there in terms of that matchup. But Biombo is fine as a back-end guy, while Miles Bridges... Now, he'd been playing well on the back of some unsustainable defensive numbers, and here he struggled. Seven points in 24 minutes. It is hard to be that consistent top 100 player in only 25 a night, which is what he's been so far. So I'd expect some level of regression, and I think that it's, he will become a droppable player coming up. Not yet, but he will become. Uh, for the Sixers, Joel Embiid have 14 and 11 with three blocks, while the thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris... Had 22. Now, Harris's numbers had been wholly unsustainable. He is the 12th-ranked player this year because his steal rate and his block rate is absolutely through the roof. That is going to fall off, I assure you. Danny Green hit three threes. That's always a bonus. While Simmons had 12, 10, and 6. And Seth Curry also had a little bit of a drop-off. His assist numbers had been through the roof. He ends up with just two assists here, 11 points and two threes. And Shake Milton, he added the assist. Six assists for Shake, but only 27% shooting. I think Milton is someone that we look at just as a, a stream option for now. I thought Tyrese Maxey looked really good. He is a dynasty guy. Um, eventually, he's going to take the Shake Milton role and then the Seth Curry role. Um, and maybe that happens as early as next year. But in dynasty leagues, you've got to pay attention here. 11 points in 21 minutes with two threes, two assists and a steal. Really, really like the upside that he can bring. And I think it's not going to be too far away from actually being realized. 
The next game we look at was an absolute blowout. It was the Cavs. They uh, they go down to the, um, what's that team called? The Orlando Magic. That's them. 103-83. The Cavs were without Darius Garland, Kevin Love, Kevin Porter, and Isaac Okoro, all rotation players. Chetty Osman came off the bench, but Jesus Christ. 38 minutes, 18-7-7, four threes, two steals, and a block. I don't believe in the threes, the points, the rebounds, the assists, the steals, the blocks, all the minutes for Chetty here. So safe to say, this feels a little bit fluky. Now, he had some big moments in the preseason, but then shit the bed in the regular season. But of course, Okoro, Porter, Garland, and then Dante Exum went down in this one too after 49 seconds. So it's hard to see Osman being a reliable source of any of those numbers. This is, again, the Padawan Colin Sexton. This is just what he does. Like, it doesn't really matter what happens. He gets 20 points, and he doesn't do anything else. Two threes, 53% shooting. That is Colin Sexton. Two rebounds, two assists. That, unfortunately, is Colin Sexton. But he had a steal, and he's been really, really good this year, and he's going to be rock solid as a high-volume, high-efficiency scorer. Damian Dotson stepped up with Garland out. 16 points in 29 minutes with three threes and two assists, while Andre Drummond had 10, 14, and four in 32 minutes. Still horrendous percentages. 33 from the field and missed both of his free throws. And it was probably Larry Nance's first real dud of the season, uh, or since he's been starting anyway. Four points in 34 minutes. He did have three assists and two steals, but we keep holding him. While JaVale McGee, who'd been playing well, um, yeah, didn't. Two points in 14 minutes. For the Magic, Nikola Vucevic, 23-8 with two steals, three blocks, and two threes. You don't get that sort of defensive production from Vuce all that often. Well, it looks like Aaron Gordon's coming around finally. 24-11 with six threes, only one assist, and that was something we really wanted to watch with Gordon this season. He really showed an improvement in his assist numbers at the end of last season. That hasn't quite been the case this year as he's working his way back from whatever this issue with his hamstring is, but look, good numbers there. While Ken Birch had a double-double off the bench, Terrence Ross cooled off somewhat, but 15 points with four steals makes him a must-roster player. Not a good night for Mark Alfultz. Six points on just nine shots, but eight assists and five rebounds is fine. People keep asking me this. I do not think he's in any danger of losing his starting job, like absolutely zero danger. Cole Anthony was pretty good, but still nine points on 22% shooting. Five rebounds, four assists in the block. I like what Anthony's doing, but I just do not think that he is taking this starting job away from Markel Fultz. Dwayne Bacon had eight points. Cool. While Michael Carter-Williams started for Fournier and had zero points in 18 minutes. It's been rough the last couple of games from uh, from Mickey. Next up. Actually, before we go on to next up, I have to tell you about, hey, Bet Online. You know who BetOnline is. They are the people that we trust to give you the best odds, but also the best betting experience. College football bowls. Are they, they still going? I reckon they might be done. Uh, national championship game. That's still coming up. I know that much. The NFL playoffs. They are ready to go. The Cleveland Browns back in the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills rolling. Uh, two teams I didn't really think would ever make noise in the NFL. And the NBA, of course, if you want to put your knowledge to the test. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Player props, sides, straight up, totals, all of that stuff, betonline.ag has you covered. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. All right, so now let's look at the next game. And that is the New York Knickerbockers getting the win over the Atlanta Hawks. 
Tom Thibodeau is obviously insane. We know that. He does not care for compressed schedules, for limited off-seasons, for health and safety, for um, injury management. He does not care. He just does not care. So he is going to grind these players into dust. He's going to end their careers early. Um, and it's working out well for fantasy. Julius Randle, 28-17-9 for the double royal. His three-point shooting is coming back to earth. 0 of 5 there, which is always going to happen, but still putting up big numbers. 58% shooting overall. And Rowan Barrett Jr. really got it cranking here. 26-11-5 with two steals. Good from the field. Not that great from the free throw line. You still have worries about his overall game, his efficiency, and even with this game and the fact that he's playing 39 minutes a night. He's still just the 134th ranked player this season, but that's great, and it's especially good for a points league. Mitchie Robinson, are we ready to say that the foul trouble is not really an issue for him anymore? 28 minutes, 8 and 7, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Excellent stuff. Well, Alfred Payton played 29 minutes, but he didn't close the game. It was uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Now, I never want to see a game ever again in my life where Alfred Payton takes 18 shots, but 14-3 and 5 with 2 blocks makes him an interesting 12-team league guy. But Quickly was strong. Only 19 minutes and barely played to begin the game, but closed it out. Had the game ceiling free throws, was a 6 of 6 on the line, had 16 points in those 19 minutes with a steal and a block. If you want to take a flyer on someone, you can do that with him. I'm not ready to take, I'm not ready to say, well, yeah, look, he's going to be a starter because it is Tom Thibodeau and he's still only played the 18 minutes or so here. Uh, so I'm not ready to anoint him yet and he's not a must roster player. But this was encouraging. Still no Alec Burks or Obi Toppin. And then Nerlens Noel, it was announced during the game that he wasn't going to play due to an ankle issue. Uh, Noel's a drop pretty clearly. No Smith, no Nilakina either. Uh, Reggie Bullock had seven points in 26 minutes, while Austin Rivers played 33. That won't happen that often. And of course, Rivers is just a 20-team league sort of player. For the Hawks, still no Dinla Gallinari. Rajon Rondo was active and available to play, but they didn't play him. They went with Brandon Goodwin instead. Chris Dunn and Yekara Kongu still out. Trey Young had 31 points in 40 minutes with 14 assists and a ridiculous 12 of 15 from the line. While DeAndre Hunter, his great shooting continues. 23 points on 60% from the field. Um, 50% from three again. Eight rebounds and a block. Now, he's great to have. I would be selling high. He is shooting at numbers that cannot sustain. And the, the minutes were massive. Will they continue when everyone's back? Now, I don't know when everyone's going to be back, but I find it hard to imagine he continues this level. Johnny Collins, the Baptist, had 18 and 8. Still only 33 minutes, which is a, a little bit of a problem, but two steals with 53%, while Capella had 12 and 12 in his 31 minutes. Bogdan Bogdanovic hurt his ankle. That's why he didn't play in the fourth quarter, but I just don't like what he's doing or how they're using him. 18 or 19 minutes with three points and three assists for Bogdanovich, while Fanta Pants Kevin Herter played 31. I'm not saying Bogdanovich is a drop, but in a 10-team league, I would consider that. Cam Reddish, I think, is a drop. Uh, 10 points in 30 minutes for Reddish. He's outside the top 150 on the season, while Goodwin played eight minutes in his role as the backup, uh, backup point guard. Let's move on now to the next game. It is the Boston Celtics. They went ahead and beat the Toronto Raptors. That starting front court of Tyson Thompson, it just doesn't work. They went away from it in the second half, and they got the win, Boston, 126-114. Thompson was scoreless in 20 minutes with seven rebounds. He had two blocks, while Daniel Tice played just 14 minutes and had two points. Um, I don't think that Tice or Thompson are either of them a 12-team league, guys. The Rock DJ is really interesting. 20 minutes for Robbie Williams, 11 and 15 with two blocks, but... If they're going to go just back to one big, which I think they should, 
how much upside is there for Williams? Will he overtake Thompson and Tice? He's actually not good defensively. He grabbed boards, he blocked shots, but he has a lot of struggles in recognition. And I'm not sure that the upside's high. Now, if you want to take a flyer on someone and add him by all means, like he's significantly more likely to be a useful player than Tyson Thompson are. But there's a lot of, you know, free time, Lord, get Robbie Williams here, give him the minutes. He's not that good at this point. Big night from Peyton Pritchard. There was no Jeff Teague. There was no Marcus Smart. Pritchard's going to be the backup point guard this year, regardless of when Teague comes back. He's going to be that guy. 32 minutes, 23 points, 8 assists, 62% shooting. He's been a massive surprise this year, Peyton Pritchard. Super impressive stuff. And he is fine in a 14-team league for now. In a 12-teamer, while Smart and Teague are out, we don't know how long that's going to be. But for now, by all means, grab him and see what happens. Grant Williams also played well. Three blocks in 24 minutes with three threes and 14 points, while Jalen Brown had 19 and 5. But I guess I'm leaving the big performance uh, behind here because Jason Tatum was great. 40 points, 5, 3, 6 rebounds. Only two assists, but two blocks. 13 of 13 from the line. Now, I've criticized Tatum from not getting to the free throw line enough, but this absolutely is fantastic. 13 of 13 from the line is a massive performance from Tatum, and that is just a huge, huge line overall. For the Raptors, I had Pascal Siakam in my buy low show today. He responded sort of, I guess, 22 points, six rebounds, 33 minutes with two threes, while Fred Van Vliet continues to be awesome. 35 and eight with six threes, three assists, two steals, 65% shooting. He still gets remarkably underrated in fantasy. He's really good. Lowry had 18, five and five, while the wiki Chris Boucher, two steals, two blocks and nine points, a must roster player. Interestingly, they moved Aaron Baines out of the starting lineup in the second half and started Alex Len. Boucher looks like he's going to get the most minutes out of all of those centers. Baines is a clear 12-team drop, a clear 14-team league drop as well. While the Jedi, OG and Anobi... But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, You better stop OG. Rough night from OG. People do overrate him sometimes in fantasy. And then on the other side, they underrate him. So he's really, you know, wildly all over the place. But a terrible night overall, let's be honest. 10 points with zero rebounds, one assist, and one steal. But he's still a top 90 player this year, and there's no real need to panic. We saw uh, Malachi Flynn get into the rotation. Not great. 0 of 6 from the field. But I still think he's a better option than uh, Stan Johnson. While uh, Terrence Davis had 13 points in his 17 minutes, which overall is a pretty good line, but I wouldn't want to be relying upon that all too often. Next up, the Thunder and the Heat. This was just an absolute blowout. 118-90 to Miami. Darius Baisley, 16-8, three threes, two steals, one block. Should be on zero waiver-wise. He's a top 80 player this season. Absolutely zero waiver-wise. While it was another disappointing night from Gildas Alexander. No defensive stats, only four assists, only 28 minutes, 18-2-4. But this was a blowout. Lugens Dort, 24 minutes for 12 points for Dort. Bort? Oh, come on, Bort? Mommy, Mommy, buy me a license plate. No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. Um, I don't think that he is a must-roster player in 12-team leagues. He's fine to have. He gives you nice steals, usually, but he's just not enough upside there. There was no Alexei Pokyashevsky, so Isaiah Roby was back in the rotation. He didn't really do too much. 3-2-2, two, and two, but he's a name that I'm watching for sure. Well, Justin Jackson also played... And that's really the best I can say for Jackson. That's not fair, actually, because I shit on this guy all the time. But he did have seven boards in his 19 minutes. It was a stinker from George Hill, three points in 21 minutes, while it was also a stinker from Al Horford, two points on one of six shooting. Uh, I'm definitely holding Horford. As for Hill, I think he is still a 12-team league guy, but there is some room to move on if that's what you want to do. 
For the Heat, they made the move, which seemed pretty obvious, and that is putting Kelly Olenek into the starting lineup. I'm adding Kelly in all 12-team leagues. 19-8 and eight with five threes. The 7-9 of nine shooting won't continue, but he's clearly the best fit. He's had about four really strong games in a row. He's playing next to Bam Adebayo, alongside Bam Adebayo. He's an ad. Adebayo had 20-8, and eight, while Butler had 18-3-6, and six, and Tyler Hero just the seven points, but nine rebounds and eight assists. A st- strong game from him there. And Duncan Robinson did what he does, and that's hit four threes. Wasn't super efficient overall, just 40% from three, but 36% overall. And he really is just a specialist in that area. Mo Harkless looks to be out of the rotation. Kendrick Nunn sim- similarly. While Goran Dragic, who'd been red hot, fell off here. Seven points with seven assists in 22 minutes. He's still, he's still a 12-team league guy. Um, don't need to uh, overthink that one too much. Also, don't overthink that if your car is uh, in trouble, if you need repairs, you need auto parts, rockauto.com is the play that you need to, place you need to go to. There are so many different types of cars and makes and models. Auto stores, they can't really stock everything that you need. So you go into the store, the guy's got to type it up on his keyboard and, and say, I've got to order it in. And you go, ah, that's shit, mate. I, I, I want it now. I need it now. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You don't need to worry about going to a store to get that. You can order it directly to your house, cut out the middleman, and don't have to wait around for all that nonsense. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Next game. The Indiana Pacers get the better of the New Orleans Pelicans in overtime, 118-116. Just monster minutes here. 46 for Malcolm Brogdon, 21-7-11, three steals, one block. Amazingly, Malcolm Brogdon is the 11th-ranked player in fantasy this year. Now, it's going to come down somewhat, but a top 50 finish seems likely at this stage. Sabonis fouled out, 19-11-7 with two blocks, as did Miles Turner, and that is why Turner played 23 minutes. 17 points, two threes, and three blocks for Turner, while 45 minutes for Justin Holiday. Just the nine points, but three threes, five assists, and a steal. He does have some value at the back end of 12-teamers, but upside is pretty low. Rough night from Aaron Holiday, three points in 20 minutes. He's not much more than a deep league streamer, while McDermott had 11 points in his 29 minutes. And Victor Oladipo, fantastic return to form for him. Um, 17, so 25 points in 36 minutes, five threes, six assists, and two steals, maintaining his efficient shooting. Um, he's been really, really impressive. The Pelicans, Brandon Ingram had 31, 4, and 8, and Lonzo had 18, 6, and 6. Good numbers there, despite Ingram's 39% shooting. And Zion had 24 and 10 with a steal, with a block, and 75% from the line. Zion still is struggling overall in his fantasy value because of those lack of peripherals and the percentage issues, but still a nice volume night there. And Eric Bledsoe is sort of starting to round into form now, 12, 11, and 5. And I would make sure I have him in a 12-team league. JJ Redick, man. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's just old. Maybe he's done. One of nine in 33 minutes. 33 minutes is a ton. I don't know why he played that much. Um... He was only a three-point streamer anyway, and now he can't hit shots. Yeah, you've got to move on from J.J. Redick if you do, for some reason, have him in any sort of 12-team format. The Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. No Josh Jackson and no Blake Griffin, but surprisingly, on a back-to-back, Derrick Rose played. 
He played 25 minutes. He had 24 points. And he had eight assists on 50% shooting. A very, very good game from Rose. Now, Rose isn't in the top 100 so far this season, but he is still fine for a 12-team league. And Jeremy Grant continues to impress. 24 with four threes, three assists, one steal, three blocks. Uh, 34% usage was massive. That will come down a little bit when Griffin returns, but big night, big night from him. Now, I think we can drop Dylan right. He didn't play at all in the first half. 10 minutes overall, two points. He's outside the top 150 this season. Get rid of him. While Sadiq Bay had nine points in 31 minutes. Killian Hayes hurt his hip. He was starting to look all right. Seven points in 13 minutes, but he's a clear drop, I would say, in 12-team leagues. While Mason Plumley, eh, not great from Plumley here. Four, eight, and six, but the eight and six is what the value really brings there. Just a poor shooting night overall. It's also a good night from Sekou Dumbaya. 13 points in 23 minutes with two steals. I still somewhat believe in Sekou. I don't think necessarily that the... Um, uh, that the uh, Pistons do, but I still believe in him. Well, Wayne Ellington, he started in place of Josh Jackson. Cool. Had 13 points with three threes, as did Sfee McKayluk, 13 points in 30 minutes. Sfee's an interesting 14-team league ad at this point, playing at a, at a pretty good level the last two games. I had Yanni Atatokounmpo in my buy low show, and he said, yeah, cool. 43, 9, and 4 in 36 minutes on 71% from the field. And that's what I highlighted. Like, that really low field goal percentage wasn't going to stick. 7 of 9 from the line as well. While Holiday had 15, 6, and 7, and Middleton had 19 and 9 on 70%. They just shot unbelievably. Also, a pretty good night from Brook Lopez. Eight points with two threes and two blocks. He remains a 12-team league guy. And if Dante DiVincenzo is on your waiver wire, what's going on? He's the 60th ranked player this year. 5, 5, and 9 with two steals and a block. And that could have been an absolute monster. Well, it was also DJ Augustin's best performance. 11 points with six assists. And Bobby Porter's played alongside Brook Lopez a little bit. 10 and 8 in his 23 minutes, but not that high volume numbers that we'd seen from Porter so far. I still don't maintain that he is a must-roster 12-team league player. The next game, the Mavericks and the Rockets. Luka Doncic was back, and he was back in a big way. 33, 16, 11, 6 of 6 from the line, 48 from the field, 3 triples. Big numbers from Doncic, who has struggled at times this year. The Mavericks also made a change to their starting line. Now, I'm not sure why, but they moved Willie Cauley-Stein to start at center. 15 and 7 in 24 minutes with a steal and a block. Had some foul trouble. And they moved Tim Hardaway to the bench along with Dwight Powell. Now, maybe this is because the return of Kristaps Porzingis is imminent. And... Uh, they need to move one of Hardaway, Richardson, and Finney Smith to the bench. So they decided to get Hardaway accustomed to that role. He was awesome. 30 points, 8 threes, 7 rebounds. Now, it is on 79% shooting, which won't stick. But he can have some value as a points and threes streamer at the back end of 12-team leagues. Cooley Stein, I don't think this is anything to get too excited about, but it's worth monitoring. While Richardson's a 10-team drop, and I think he's a 12-team close to drop. 15 points in 31 minutes. Maxi Kleber only had nine points, only took one, sorry, and he had nine boards, had zero points, only took one shot and missed it, and had some foul trouble. That's why he was limited, while Dwight Powell only the 15 minutes. Now, I didn't even think Powell would play because it was a back-to-back, so did they take him out of the starting lineup and limit his minutes because of that? I'm really interested to see what this actually means for next game. And Trey Burke, who we know put up those big bubble numbers, played only nine minutes here. Bronson played ahead of him, and of course, Hardaway played ahead of him. So let's see exactly what this means when Porzingis comes back. Eric Gordon, monster from Eric Gordon, even with Harden playing. 26 minutes, 20 points, 5 rebounds, a steal on a block in four with four threes. Now, there was no Daniel House, but Gordon didn't start, but he put up some good numbers. He is, I hard, It's hard to find him doing this consistently, but he is a 12-team league guy for now. Harden had 21 and 10 
on 29% shooting, which is horrendous, while the Crucifix Christian Wood, 23-7 and seven with a steal and a block, but didn't play down the stretch. They'll go in with small with Jay Sean Tate. I don't think there's anything to worry about with Wood, but it's worth monitoring. 14-4-4 for War, while Boogie Cousins ejected after three minutes. Now, Cousins had 4.3 rebounds and two blocks in that time, so it was on his way to an absolute monster per minute you know, start, at least to his game. Um, let's see. Let's see what his minutes look like next game, um, and then we'll make more of a drop decision on him. But he's at least someone to look at. As uh, Look, I think you want to... Actually, let's rephrase. I think you want to hold him for now, and then let's see where it goes as we move forward. Jay Sean Tate, 8-6, and six, deep league sort of guy, while PJ Tucker's also a deep league guy. David Nwaba started for House. We don't really have an update on House and his back injury here um, and how long he's going to be out. But even if he is out, Nwaba or Brown aren't guys that we want to be uh, going ahead and uh, and adding in uh, in the majority of leagues. On to the last game of the day. The Golden State Warriors, they uh, pretty easily take care of business against the Sacramento Kings, 137-106. The Aaron Fox was better, 18-4-7 with three steals and a block, but still really rough on your percentages, and he's having a tough start to this season, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Keeping up the good performances, 18 and 9 in 30 minutes. Not much else, but the rebounds has been the really big surprise for Barnes this year, and that is helping him be, at this at this point, a 12-team league guy. Hassan Whiteside came in, played eight minutes early, had eight points, had three blocks, and I went, oh, what? Here we go. And then he didn't play again until the final three minutes of the game. He ended up with eight points and three blocks in that time, and even with Rashawn Holmes in foul trouble, they didn't go with Whiteside. That is pretty telling to me. He was a minus nine in his 12 minutes. Um, this doesn't change my opinion. He's not a must roster. He's not a must hold. He's not a must add. He's not anything like that. Holmes struggled, though, in this one. He had five fouls in 19 minutes. Now, he did play poorly before those fouls accumulated, but four and three in 19 minutes isn't good. But you don't do anything. You don't drop him. You just hold on, and you hope that the good games come back after this one. Marvin Bagley's terrible. He's really not good. One of the worst number two picks of all time, and that includes a field that has Hashim Thabit in there. Now, that's, that's not fair because we're really comparing him to the guys that come after him in Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson, any number of other players. Um, but realistically, he's not in the best 20 players out of that draft class at this stage. Five and nine on two of nine shooting. Get rid of him. Drop him in 12s. Forget about it. Don't worry about it. He is not good at all. And even if he comes good, I wouldn't feel bad about not having him there. Buddy Heald was pretty average in this one too, 10 points in 30 minutes. For the Warriors, Steph Curry, wow, back-to-back, 31 minutes, 30 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 of 7 from the line. He's now the number 3 ranked player uh, this season, and maybe he goes up even more after today. Kelly Oubre, is the slump broken? Sure, if bloody feels like it. Uh, the by-low window may have closed. 18 points, 4 threes, 1 steal, 2 blocks. He shot 67% from three in this game. And remember what I said, that it only took a couple of games for that three-point percentage to come back up. And yeah, that's uh, that's happened. Wiggins, 16 points, four assists, a steal on a block. Not bad. While Blunty, James Wiseman. <laughs> 17 minutes for Wiseman. Only two fouls. 10 and five with two blocks. There's still no Marquise Chris. Now, he honestly, this the reason why he doesn't get more minutes is he doesn't contribute to winning at a high level. Simple as that. Draymond Green will play at center. Eric Pascal will play at center. Kavon Looney will play at center. I know Wiseman's allegedly their future. I don't think he's a future all-star, personally. I'm not that high on him. But he is a lot of issues with passing, shot selection, and defense. And Kirsch is not playing in big minutes. Now, I think you still probably want to hold on to him in leagues, but he's not a top 150 player this season. 
And at some point, you have to make decisions. I think we do hold him, but it's going backwards in terms of his play and in terms of his minutes on the court. And that's never a good sign. Pascal had 14 and 7 in that second unit, played pretty well, but that's still just a deeper league sort of scenario. Well, Nico Mannion, shout out to him for making his NBA debut, playing eight minutes and going scoreless. Let's have a look at some of the trending ads and drops now. Gorgie Jeng is a 15% uh, increase in his roster percentage. That's way too high. Yeah, look, he is an interesting stream for Tuesday for sure. But not much more than that. Eric Gordon up 14%. Fair enough. He looked great. Somehow he's putting up these really big numbers, even in limited minutes. Bobby Portis up 12%. Uh, yeah, that, that's way too high. He shouldn't be rostered in that many 12-team leagues. Bismack Biombo up 11%. Uh, don't mind that one. But he's only a back-end guy. And if you are looking for more long-term upside, you'll find better options. And Sadiq Bay was up by 8.8%. I'm sure that's because Blake Griffin was out today, but he shit the bed. And it was a nine-game slate, and he probably shouldn't have been added in that many different formats. And he is a pretty clear drop to me in 12-teamers. Uh, for drops, Hassan Whiteside went down by 12.5%. Makes complete sense. Lonnie Walker down by 8%. Now, this ties into the news on Derek White that I've got to mention and I haven't mentioned it yet. The, they did a x-ray on his toe that he stubbed and has suffered a fracture in that toe. It is a different injury to what he suffered before. Just horrible bad luck that now he has a fracture in that toe. I would assume four weeks out for Derek White. Maybe six weeks. If you don't have an injured reserve slot, you have to drop Derek White. Otherwise, he's got to stay in your injured reserve slot. But horrible, horrible news. This means Lonnie Walker will continue to start. It does not mean Lonnie Walker is a 12-team league guy. Now, he's been dropped probably before this news of Derek White's injury took place. Do not waste your time in adding him in a 12-team league. Lou Dort is down 7%. Makes sense. We talked about that already. Probably not a 12-team must-add. Noel down 7% as well. That's fine. And DeLon Wright down by 6.7%. Absolutely fine because he is struggling at the moment and not even getting minutes when Josh Jackson is out, which is a real worry in Detroit. The line of the night, Jason Tatum, 40 points for the Boston Celtics, five threes. Six rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. He went to the line 13 times. He hit all 13 of them, 58% from the field, and a whopping 63% from three. Jason Tatum is your monstrous line of the night, and your rookie of the night, that's his teammate. It's Peyton Pritchard, who put up a really big performance with both Jeff Teague and Marcus Smart out. 32 minutes for Pritchard, 23 points, two threes, two rebounds, and eight assists on 62% shooting and 100% from the field. Pritchard's the 123 third-ranked player this year. He's doing it on numbers which really aren't sustainable, though. 61% shooting on his two-pointers. That is almost definitely going to come down. His steal rate is over two steals per 36. That's probably also going to drop. He's also hitting 88% from the free throw line. Maybe there's some drop coming there, but it's mainly that um, two-point shooting, which is almost definitely going to drop for Pritchard. But in a 14-team league, you can add him. Um, There's just going to be more squeezes when Teague and Smart return, but obviously an absolute monster of a performance from Peyton Pritchard on Monday's game. Now, let's transition across. Let's talk some DFS for the five-game slate on Tuesday, looking at FanDuel prices. All right, so the first game we look at, the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. The Jazz are two-and-a-half-point favorites here, and the total is 228-and-a-half because Kevin Durant is out. He is going to miss this game and probably all of the week with that health and safety protocol violation uh, or contact tracing issue. So he's going to be out. So that means that there's a lot of value that can appear here for the Nets. Karis LeVert at 6,100 on FanDuel. We love it. Timothy Lawawu Cabro at 4100 is not fantastic, but I also like him at that price. Um, 
Joe Harris is at 4,600. I think he's a really strong cash play in this sort of a scenario. And then you've got guys like Torian Prince as a flyer at 3,700, who probably starts in place of Durant, but isn't guaranteed to get big minutes. Kyrie's all the way up at 9,700, and that might be a little bit high, but I still think it's gonna be, he's going to get so many shots with Durant out, and I think he's a good option there. Mitchell's at 7,800 for the Jazz. I'm not into that one, and I think the 5,800 for Jared Allen, actually, for the Nets also works pretty well, because I think he'll play some more minutes in this situation. Um, Rudy Gobert at 8,200 is probably a little bit high, but in the past, he has torn the Nets apart. He's averaging 53 the last three times he's played Brooklyn. So maybe he's a 45-pointer. Maybe there is some upside in using Gobert here in this one. Conley's at 7,000. I'm not fully committed to using him there. And I think the 5,300 for Jordan Clarkson is a little on the high side, unfortunately. The second game we look at is the Lakers taking on the Grizzlies. And they've already played each other the last time uh, on Sunday. The Lakers with a big win there. LeBron is on the injury report as questionable. The total here is 217.5, and the Lakers are nine-point favorites. There is no John Conchar for Memphis, so DeAnthony Melton probably gets an opportunity to play here after he didn't play last game. But Brandon Clark will start again, most likely. He's at 5,100. He has been really disappointing, but at 5,100, there is GPP upside. I like Anderson, Kyle Anderson at 63. I don't like Valanchunas at 68. They've been all over the shop with his minutes of late. Tyus Jones at 57. He's okay for cash, but even then, like he played well last game. He still had 28 points. That's not much in terms of FanDuel points. I'm not going to be fully invested. 3,800 for DeAnthony Melton. Maybe we see a big role for him, but first game back, might be tough to see that from Melton. So still throw him into your GPPs. Dylan Brooks at 61, always a GPP guy. And Davis and LeBron at 10 and 10-2, respectively. Um, yeah, I think LeBron at 10-2 probably is the marginally better option there. Montrez Howell at 53. He played pretty well, even in limited minutes against the Grizzlies, so I'd be okay with going with him. We also don't know if Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope will play. If he is out, Kyle Kuzma... We'll probably get another start. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll be good at it, but he might get another start. And at least at that $4,100 price for Kuzma, that you can at least get some sort of interest in him. The Wolves and the Nuggets, another one of these back-to-backs or one of these, you know, not back-to-backs, but, you know, same team twice. Denver is 12-point favorites. The total is 227 here. There is no Michael Porter Jr. again. Gary Harris is all the way down at 3,800. Nice, Gary! Because he's been terrible. He had minutes taken from him by Faku Kampazzo last game, and I'm not sure I really care about using him at that price. Paul Millsap is at 4,400, and Jermichael Green played over him last time out. Big Chungus at 10.5 is one of the most obvious ones of the day. Um, Jokic is giving you 45 every day, like minimum 45, and then it goes to 55, 60. Love him here. I like Monty Morris a lot at 4,500 as well. And Naz Reed, they brought him off the bench for God knows what reason last time out. He's at 4,800. He's only a GPP guy, as is Anthony Edwards, but I'm not massively into Edwards here. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's at 7,400. He had 39 last game, which is not a bad performance. I think he's at least worth having a look uh, as a GPP guy, same with Jermichael Green at 3,900. While the headmaster, Jamal Murray, he's shooting really well, but his salary has shot as well. 1,100 up to 7,900, and that is too high. While I like 5,600 for Malik Beasley, that looks pretty impressive to me. I'd be okay with using Beasley, who we know is going to get shots off no matter what. The next game is, that wasn't a pun intended, but it actually worked out being pretty funny and was unintentional. The Spurs and the Clippers. Uh, no spread at this point or no total at this point. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is questionable. Marcus Morris is out. And of course, Derek White is out. 
for the Spurs. Um, there's not a lot, lot that I love here. I think Serge Barker at 45 is all right. Now, he has killed the Spurs in the past. He's averaging almost 38 Fangio points per game against them the last three times out. For Toombs at 44, I wouldn't want to use that. I am interested in that Barker price. DeJounte Murray's at 7,000. He was atrocious on the weekend. Can he be better than that? You would think he has to be better than that. Um, but I, I, there's no guarantee. I think that he's at least worth considering. Paul George at 88. Love that from George. He's crushing at the moment. And Pirtle at 43. is just a GPP guy if Aldridge is out. Kawhi's at 10-1. And I think that's too high for Kawhi. I'd rather spend that 10 on LeBron James at this point, even though LeBron is questionable. And Lonnie Walker is your desperation GPP guy. That is that is it, because he just doesn't do anything when he's out there. I don't mind Rudy Gay as a cash guy at 4,800 as well. I think there is something there. Well, Calden Johnson has jumped all the way up to 6,500. I don't think that that's necessarily too high, but it does take a vast majority of his value away. The last game of the day is the Bulls and the Blazers. There's no Markkinen, Sadoransky, uh, Archer Jackano, or uh, Chandler Hutchison for Chicago. The Blazers are 10-point favorites, and the total is 233.5. Wendell Carter Jr. is down under $5,000. He has done well against Portland in the past, but he is struggling. He's a GPP guy to me. Well, Nurkic at 6000 still too expensive, and Derek Jones is a flyer at 3600 Kobe White's at 62 uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. There's not a lot that I like here. I think Gary Trent at 38 is at least interesting. Nice, Gary! We know when he gets hot, he's a 30-point guy, but he could also be a 10-point player. So he's a great GPP guy. While Lillard's at 9-2, and it feels just a little bit too high. I like Otto Porter at 53. I think there is real value in him as another starting option, while 8,100 for Zach Levine also looks pretty good, while McCullum is up to 8,900, and I'm not certain that we want to spend that much on McCollum. Although, he's been um, he's been putting up uh, some good numbers, really, really good numbers. I'm just, I have so much skepticism about it being able to, um, being able to continue, but we're not, uh, we're not there with it just yet. That'll do it for me for today. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Review. I believe I've heard that uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts are going away, which is disappointing. If they're still around, go and give a review before that uh, before that feature leaves you. Go and do that, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>